and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Hey, well, glad to have you all here. I'm, I'm Pastor Robert, uh, the campus pastor, and it's a joy to uh, stand here before you all and minister uh, the Word of God. And we're actually in a uh, prayer series. Uh, if you did not get the 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, that we're going through 21 days of just prayer, devotional application questions and challenging questions. Uh, make sure you get it uh, as you ex- exit the service. We want to make sure it's available for you. We ran out last Sunday, so we have so much more. I know my family and I, we're actually going through uh, the devotionals uh, each and every day. Uh, well, we skipped three days, but then we caught up. You know, life happens. I'm going to be real. You know, we was three days behind, but we caught up. <laughs> Uh, and so it's been neat uh, to do that uh, with our children. And literally what I want to just do uh, for a quick uh, minute, a couple of quick minutes, uh, is just to share with you all about prayer. Like how, for me, I enjoy prayer, but there was a time, if you said prayer, I'm going the other way. Uh, because it's like, you know, you have those prayers, it's just two words, God help. And then you have that other prayer, it's like, I'm being 20 minutes and they still going on for prayer. Well, you know, do we really have to pray that long? You know, like God hadn't heard us by now. You know, what's happening? You know, something wrong. Uh, But I can remember uh, growing up, I'll tell a little bit about about my age, was my grandparents, when they were living, is what we would have Sunday dinner each and every Sunday. And so this Sunday dinner, y'all, I mean, it was the Sunday dinner. I'm talking about ham hocks, turkey necks, green beans, butter beans, black eyed peas, cornbread, not cornbread, cornbread. You know, you can't leave out the fried chicken. Now, back then, Kool-Aid was Kool-Aid. And the way you knew it was Kool-Aid, as you got to the table, you could smell it. Because all Kool-Aid was just sugar, you know, colored sugar, be it red, you know, fruit punch or grape. It's just colored Sugar. And uh, I'm talking about the table will be loaded with food. And I'm just like, ah, okay. But after we got into a rhythm of it, I was like, man, like really? Because at the end of prayer, out of all this food, we would say amen. The preacher, the pastor, he would be the first to get the plate. Y'all, his plate would be so loaded. I'm like, man, you might as well just have you two plates. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, I hope the, you know, the paper plate don't break. So, you know, you've got all this food up there. And we say in Jesus name, amen. The pastor gets his plate. Then the children, you know, we get our plate. One piece of meat, one vegetable, go outside. Really? Like go outside? It's hot outside. It's like you got the porch, you got outside. And then once you get outside, you can't keep coming in. 
Because back then, I'm going to tell a little bit about my age. Back then, we had the window air conditioning unit. That was to cool the whole house. So this air conditioning unit was basically about the frame of, you know, one of the windows right here. Just that small. So if you come in 10 and 15 times, the cold air is going out. So literally it's like, y'all shut that door. Stop coming in and out. You letting the cold air out. Like really it's hot outside. And so what we didn't realize was after drinking so much Kool-Aid, you really get hydrated. You thirsty because all you're doing is drinking sugar, colored sugar. And so, you know, we're savoring the moment and all, at least we thought. And so, you know, you get that last little sip of Kool-Aid, you go back out and play. And so now you're thirsty. You knock on the door. Ah, uh, y'all stay outside. That's grandmama voice. I'm going right there. Y'all stay outside. Y'all let my cold air out. It's like, we thirsty. We want some water. Go to the side of the house. If y'all don't know what the side of the house is, that's where the hydrant was. So we out there playing in mud, throwing football, all of that. You know, mud on our hands. We didn't have Clorox wipes. We didn't have hand sanitizers. We didn't have soap, nothing like that. It was just that hand. And you got up under the hydrant, you know, you kind of washed it off, really, you know, so you thought. And so back then, our hands were the cups. You know, we didn't have those plastic cups like how we have now, you know. So we had to cook. Y'all ever had to cup your hand? We had to cup, we had to cup that hand. And we'll put it up under the hydrant. And the hands will be the cup. And man, you just, I'm talking about you'll drink that water. But before you drink the water, you had to allow the water out the hydrant about five, ten seconds. Because you know it'd be hot. You know, you wanted that cool water. Cooling water. Y'all don't know about that. But wanted that cool water. And so it's like, man, those were the good old days. You know, we can't go back to that, but it's okay. But when I heard and learned about prayer, that was my memory. Because I'm like, man, it's like, that's all I get. I'm like, I'm a child. I, I need more than one piece of meat and a vegetable. But thank God, since then, I have learned there's more to prayer than just praying over the food. Uh, and even in growing up in church, learning from grandmother, she was a praying uh, mother, praying grandmother, aunts and uncles. There's so much that I learned about prayer, but so much so that where it has literally uh, changed my life. And what I want to do, I just want to go through uh, what prayer is. I want to share how you can pray uh, and even just share some stories from even at a young age in school, how I was able to learn about prayer. So let's go to Matthew chapter six uh, and we'll look at verses five through seven. And then verse 10. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. You can use a Bible app, Version Bible app, or you can look on the screens, whichever is beneficial uh, for you. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. We're talking about prayer. Jesus said, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, notice he's saying it's more of a command, not if you have to pray. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray. 
Do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so before I go on, let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity to come to you this morning. And thank you, Father, that as we speak your word, as we read your word, Father, thank you that understanding comes so that we can continue to grow in our prayer life, to speak out your plans in the earth and to see your plan fulfilled in our lives, but even in the lives of others. So, Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. I wanted to do that because I was like, man, we didn't pray. So I'm talking about prayer and we didn't pray. All right. So the goal of prayer is to get God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will. Get God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is praying. Uh, the uh, The disciples asked him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And in verse 10, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. He started off with our father, but it's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So my goal in my prayer life is to simply say what God has already said. The goal of prayer is to get God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The goal of my prayer life is to say what God has already said. Have y'all ever played that game that where it's like about 10 or 12 uh, people? I can remember this in summer camps. You was, everybody would line up. You know, On this end, you know, you would tell a person something, two or three sentences. And by the time they get all the way down to the last person, it's something totally different. And they're like, man, ain't nobody said that. What was that? It's like, where'd you get that from? Where you, you know, literally that's what happens sometimes with us when it comes to the word of God, the will of God for our lives, because there's so many people talking and God is like, nope, 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 nope. Go to my word. What, what did I say? What, what did I say? And so that will for my prayer life is to say what God has already said. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. I said, whoa. I said, okay, MJ. I like that. I hear you. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without praying. Let's go to John chapter 15 uh, in verse 7. John chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus is saying, Something about words. Verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 8. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What I love about this is with God's words in me, with God's words in my life remaining in me, I don't have to say if it be your will. His word is his will. So if it's in his word, I don't have to say, Lord, if it be your will. More so, I'm saying, God, you said in your word. So I'm not saying if it be your will, because I got his will. His word is 
his will. George Mueller, he was a Christian evangelist, and he's a guy that books that I've read about prayer. This is something that he said. He meditated on a scripture for two weeks. Then he came before God with the scripture open. And this is what he said. God, I want this in my life. You know, we all meditated on something before, right? I can remember in fifth grade. And me, you know, it's like, yeah, I get it. But at that time, I was like, why is this happening to me? So there's a pair of shoes that I have on and I'm getting made fun of. So much so it's making me upset. I go to church. I know about loving God. But right at this moment, I don't want to show that I love God. I really want to step out of my Christian self, so I say, and give him a fifth. I'm like, man, you're making fun of my shoes. Don't nobody make fun of my shoes. So I go home, and I'm like, Dad, I need your help. Yes, son, what is it? What is it, son? I was like, what's this guy, man? He's, he's making fun of the shoes that y'all bought, and it's making me upset. It's like, what I need to do? I need your help, Dad. Oh, son, just tell him you're going to pray for him. <laughs> what? I'm going to pray for him. I'm like, how do I look telling a boy, among other boys, that I'm going to pray for him? So lo and behold, go to school the next day. And he's at it, y'all. I'm talking about this. It's like he almost went home and studied some jokes on my shoe. <laughs> I'm like, good night. Even I wanted to laugh, but I couldn't laugh because I'm like, ooh, ooh, what is good? It's good. That's real good. But I'm like, man, I'm going to pray for you. He just looked, and I was like, man, that felt pretty good. But what I didn't realize in that moment, the young man is not speaking God's will. He's making fun of me. Out of making fun of me, it can get me upset because I'm meditating on it. And out of me meditating on it, I'm going to carry out whatever I meditate on. You do know that whatever you meditate on, that's what you're going to carry out. Think about the food that you're going to eat after you done meditated already. You done made plans. After church, we going, you meditate on. All right, so I'm like, man, he's making fun of me. But in making fun of me, it can get me upset that where now I fight him. Now I fight him, I get suspended. I'm the one that's getting in trouble, not him. So literally, he's not speaking out God's will, but because I'm meditating on something that's not God's will, now I carry it out. Now, guess what? I can't carry out the will of God for my life in that moment because I'm allowing someone else to influence me. But when my dad say, tell him you're going to pray for him, what am I doing? I'm saying God's will, even though my flesh want to carry something else out. I want to show him, man, you can't talk about me like that. And so I'm like, whatever I meditate on, whatever you meditate on, that is what we're going to carry out. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we'll look at verse 3. The goal of prayer is to get God's will done on the earth. The goal of my prayer life is to say what he has already said. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 3 through 8. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. 
Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. Everyone say promises. So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody in here want to be ineffective or unproductive? How many of you all say, hey, I want to be effective. I want to be productive. We will all say that, right? Verse eight, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. So one good way to measure to see where I am in life. If I'm being ineffective or unproductive, that means I am not having one of these promises. I have not added something to my life, faith or goodness or knowledge. There's something that's missing in my life. So I can have the promises of God, but if I'm not adding these things in my life, I cannot be effective or productive. I love this about what E.M. Bounds says. He's an author and and an attorney when he was living, but he focused on prayer. In one of his prayer books, this is what he said. Without the promise of God, my prayer is baseless. Meaning I don't have a foundation. But without my prayer, the promise is useless. The promises of God are voice activated. Get the promises of God in your mouth and pray them. Show what God is saying. The promises of God are voice activated. Now, I don't know what kind of phone you have, an iPhone or Android. But I remember in getting the iPhone, there was a name that came out after the upgrades that said, if you said, Siri, call so-and-so, Siri will call. Siri, text Kim, you know, my wife, it has beautiful wifey, text beautiful wifey, text beautiful wifey. So out of this, I'm like, man, nobody not going to do that. I have my own fingers. I can call. I can text with my own fingers. I don't need no help. But the creator of the phone was like, there is something that is available for you in your phone. But if you don't voice activate it, as much as it is there to help you, you will not benefit from it. So, you know, people going around, hey, you know, riding in the car. Hey, Siri, text. Hey, Siri. And then you see the text sent by Siri. See, I'm like, man, look at this. So I'm like, wow. All of this power, this technology, how it is used to help a person to be effective, especially when they're driving. No texting and driving. You don't text and drive. All right, I'm just messing with you. All right. But text. So-and-so, Siri text or Echo Dot, Alexa. Now, y'all, I have never met Siri or Alexa. But I'm like, if I can voice, activate their name from my mouth, 
for them to carry out something for me to help me be effective and productive, how much more should I operate in the life that God has for me that where when I activate his name and say out his will for my life, how much more should I do that? Because this is what I realize. Whatever I meditate on, that's what I'm going to gravitate towards. And what the enemy wants, he doesn't want us to meditate on the word or promises of God. Because why? That means we're pulled away which means we'll give less attention, less focus, less time, and we won't carry out his words. So it's like, I must activate the promises of God in my life. I have to get it in my mouth. Now, when I first started about prayer, when I first started like, hey, come to church, Hey, read your Bible. Pastor, hey, read your Bible. Go home and do homework inside. Man, ain't doing no homework. I don't want to read no Bible. It's boring. What is that? I don't want to sit there and read no scripture. Man, I want to go watch a football game. Man, I want to go bowling, you know. I want to go play basketball. I don't want to read no Bible. And it's like the only time I would read a Bible was when I was in church. But then I realized it's like, man, I'm going through disappointment. I'm going through hurt. I'm going through crisis. And the only time I would really pick up my Bible is when I was going through crisis. And the crisis is speaking so loud. I now turn to God, but I want God to respond like a drive through. And so now I don't get the results that I desire like a drive through from God. Now. I'm not trusting him like I should. Why? Because I'm more focused on the results versus the one who can bring the results. And so now I can't develop a prayer life because I'm judging him according to results versus relationship. I'm judging him according to what I think the promises should be and not what his promises says. So. How did I start? How did I get there? I literally would take one note from the sermon and say, okay, I'm applied this. I'm going to apply this to my life this week. And all I would say is, God help. You know, it's a prayer, right? God help. And God is like, okay, you have called, you have activated my name. That is, that is one of his promises. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. God help me. So I can remember before I came on on staff here, Word of Life Church. Y'all probably have never been here. It was a job I was working. Lord Jesus, I did not want to go to that job. (laughs) So I'm waking up and it started off good, but then it just started going downhill. And so... I was like, Lord, you got to help me out. So one of the things that I started doing, when I wake up in the morning, I get in the mirror. I'm sure we all get in the mirror. And I would look in the mirror, and I was like, man, how did you get here? How did this happen? How? And so I'm kind of looking down upon myself. But God was never looking down upon me. So one of the promises he has, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not unto your own understanding. Lean on me, but lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge him. Not the news, not my feelings, not my emotions. Acknowledge him and he'll, we, he will direct, direct, direct my paths. So I'm waking up in the morning, I'm feeling it. It's like, oh man, day is rough. It's like, oh, do I have to go? Do... And so in that mirror, I look. And I say, Robert, man, there's a leader in you. Do you realize that? Robert, you are breathing right now. God's plan for you is to move you forward and prosper you in every area of life. So I would say that at the house, but then I get to the job. Do I have to go in here? I don't want to go in here. And so at that time, I had made the decision like, man, I'm going to drink more water. So, you know, I'm drinking water, drinking water. And I was like, you know what? Man. I really don't like being here. So you know what? There's a mirror in the bathroom. So y'all, kid y'all not, every five or ten minutes I was going to the bathroom. And this is what they say. See, that's why I don't drink water right now. You go to the bathroom too much. But they didn't realize that was my place to speak God's will over my life. Even though the environment is not the way I want it to be, I realize I can still create the environment that God has for me. I can cause that environment to shift. So the resentment that I had, you know how you say, man, them folks, they got names, but you call it man, them folks, you know, God still has a plan for their life. Even though I'm navigating in a different season in my life and God still can use me if I allow him to by standing forth and speaking his will. So I'm doing this every day, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Thursday. And lo and behold, now I start getting a heart for them. So it's not just God, I thank you that the day is coming. My boss, he or she is going to call me and you are helping prepare me for the job you have called for me. Lo and behold, I'm helping them out. And the next thing I know, months later, Pastor Joel called me and offered me a job. I didn't put in the application. I didn't tell him I can't stand my job. I, can't, I didn't tell him I can't stand these folks. They getting on my nerve. I didn't tell him. But my prayer life, something that I, I shared uh, during our morning time of prayer this morning. College grad. I graduate and I'm like, man, whew, I'm going to get this job. I'm going to be, you know, this type of education that I have, you know, public relations because my major is mass communications with a minor in sociology. And so I'm like, okay, go Rob, you're going to get this thing, bro. You're going to do good when you graduate. Uh-huh. <laughs> didn't land the job. Didn't. So it's like things just going downhill. It's just like, oh. So here I am. I'm at this school. And so I hear of my, my college classmates. You know, they're saying, oh, man, I'm in, you know, get my master's. I'm getting my doctorate. You know, or, you know, I'm a lawyer or it's like I'm a principal at this school. I'm a band director. They're just saying all these things. And on the inside, I'm just like. Ooh, feeling down, just horrible. Because all I can say is, I'm a substitute teacher. Now, I'm not putting down substitute teacher. I'm just saying for me, that wasn't the dream or the plan that I had with a college degree. Like, I went all, I went to school for all these years, be a substitute teacher. Come on, man. So I'll never forget, I'm there to school and I'm in the cafeteria line, going through. You know, as a teacher, 
You can get some extra stuff. One of them is sweet tea. So I'm going down. It's like, oh, okay. So I'm fixing my sweet tea. Put it down. I'm going to. Boy, what you doing? Sweet tea is for teachers. Now I'm an I'm an adult. <laughs> Not an adult, adult. And the cafeteria lady tells me, boy, what you doing? Sweet tea is for teachers. I'm already miserable. <laughs> Can you make it any worse? Get to the table, y'all. I can't even eat lunch right now. I'm just like, really? Can't even get in the classroom any good. Hey, Mr. Barry, you couldn't even get sweet tea. <laughs> so I go home. I'm, I'm, I'm meditating on this. I'm like, dear Lord Jesus, y'all ain't praying nothing. Because right now I'm just like, no, that lady didn't tell me. And she going to have the nerve to call me boy. Don't she realize I'm a grown man? <laughs> so get there the next day to the school. Mr. Smith, he says, he said, man, Robert, I, I just want you to know, man, that there's so much potential in you. It's like, man, I, I believe in you and, and what I've done. He said, I set up for this whole spring semester that where now um, you have a classroom to be in each and every day. So it's like, man, I, I got you, man. You, you good. I, I appreciate you. So I'm like, man, okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Get in the classroom. He went in 10 seconds. Miss Barry, you going to get sweet tea today? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just patiently waiting, patiently waiting for, you know, lunchtime. <laughs> I'm just waiting, looking at the clock. Looking at this dude. Looking at the clock. Looking at this dude. So now it's time to go to lunch. In the cafeteria line. Get to t- hey, I'm not a boy. You know, I'm a substitute teacher. <laughs> oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Power sweet tea. <laughs> so at times, I go back to when I see sweet tea or somebody ordering sweet tea, I go back to that moment. But I said all that to say, what if I had stayed there? What if I had meditated on that so much and then speak out God's will, God's plan for my life? Because truly and honestly, she was just saying what she perceived, what she thought. And so now in that moment, am I still calling myself a leader? Even though Mr. Smith is saying that there's a leader in me, am I still saying that I'm a leader? And standing here today, I wanted to go into the field of public relations. That where I wanted to represent corporate America, that, you know, someone come on the job and they want to get update about the company, what's going on, the hiring, all that. I can give them all the information about the company. I can update them about the company. Well, you know, standing here today, I am in public relations, right? I'm just standing here representing the kingdom of God and just updating you about the plan he has for your life. Just updating you about prayer. But just think if I did not speak out the will of God, the plan of God for my life. 
So what I love about it, too, the young man that was making fun of my shoes, we became best friends. You know, the enemy didn't want that, but I didn't know that. You know, the enemy has people saying things to you to discourage you, to stop you from saying what God is saying about you. And if you meditate on that, if I meditate on that, guess what? We can't carry out God's plan for our lives. And so today, I just want to encourage you. Get the promises of God for your life. God wants you to trust him. One way I did it too. I'm, hey, I'm just sharing with you because I hadn't been saved all my life, you know. So one of the ways, you know, too, that I did, like I said, I take a note from the sermon and apply it to my life. But even in growing in the word of God, uh, I would Google God's words on wisdom, God's words on peace. Scriptures will pop up. You know, uh, I get in a life group. I get around other men and it's like, man, I'm amazed at your story. Wow. is like my story. Because a lot of times we think we're the only ones that's navigating through something or have gone through something. And God is like, there are people that I have sent to help you. But if you're not praying that out for your life, it would not happen. It would not come to pass. It would not happen. The one prayer that my mom prayed for me, I never, ever forgotten. God, will you please send? That's what she said. God, will you please send? That's your word. Will you please send labors across his path to sow forth the word of truth? Because the direction that he is going in, that's not the plan you have for his life. Will you send a laborer? And I'm like, wow. He sends a laborer. My wife, beautiful wifey. That's what I call her, beautiful wifey. Kim. But I wasn't even praying for a wife. I didn't even think a woman would even want to marry me. But she comes in my life, and now she's saying things. We're not dating, but she's just encouraging. I'm like, man, wasn't in church. I finally get in church. And now I'm speaking out the words of God, and it's like, wow. I'm applying scripture. It wasn't easy. When I say it wasn't easy, there was still distraction because there were people I had to cut off. And I wasn't telling them that I was better than them. It's just what you're saying right now, it doesn't line up with what God is saying about me. So I want to change course of direction. I want to change. So in order for me to change, I can't keep doing things the same way. And so my prayer life, it changed because I was putting the words of God into action by researching. Y'all know how to research. Y'all know Amazon.com. Y'all get on there and you research the Google reviews. You get on there and research, you know, yeah, it say $19.99. Oh, but this one was for $14.99. That's $5 cheaper. You research, you analyze. You're meditating on like, man, who can I get this deal from? Who can? And so God is saying the same is about him. So I started off with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Then I went to John 3, 16. Then I went to John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life. So for me, I couldn't grow in my prayer life because I literally thought God was the author of stealing, killing, and destroying. So can you receive something from someone who you feel is a thief? So I call myself praying to God outwardly, but inwardly I'm calling him a thief. I'm not going to get no results from him. Ladies, 
your purses. You're not going to set it down where you think somebody going to steal it. You're going to hold on to it. It's kind of like with my grandmama. She had that purse and that shoulder was so, shoulder strap was so tight on her shoulder. I think she was born with that purse, y'all. And God is like, will, will you attend to my words like this? And God is like, don't treat me like a drive through because that's how I was treating him. I wanted quick results. I wanted quick results. Even in fifth grade, I wanted, wanted quick results. Lord, let us win this game. Let us win this basketball game. I remember 10th grade high school, Lord, let us win this basketball game. You know, it's your will. You say, I'm victorious. I'm an overcomer. I'm triumphant. But then I'm lazy in practice. I'm young. Oh, do we have to coach? Why, why we got to do free throw? I'm staying up late at night. I hadn't put in no drills, no work, but I want to be victorious. And then the team we playing, man, they blow us out. Because when you see them, it's like, bro, they've been practicing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And God is like, all they're doing is just carrying out the instructions of the trainer, of the coach. They're pulling the wheel of the coach into action and, and they're seeing results. But it's like, you're not going to see results like this. And so I'm like, okay, God, I get it. And so be it you in high school, be it you in college, you know, out of college, a job, God has so much for us. But if we are not activating his promises by speaking them out, they can't come into manifestation. But it starts with, how do I see God? And so in my heart, he changed it to help me see he's not a, a thief. He doesn't kill. He doesn't destroy. He's all about life. So now when I go to him, I go to him in confidence. I go to him in trust. And I'm not expecting this turnaround. Boom, God, you say, boom, it's like. Because you think about it, a baby being born. Anybody ever seen a baby born in one month? Two months? Three months? Four? Why? We understand how birth happens. We understand the process. And God is saying, just like you understand the birthing process, you need to understand the, understand the birthing process of my word. Is it the incorruptible seed that will produce after its own kind? Yes, but a seed. The trees that we see around. When the seed was planted, the tree wasn't full grown the next day. It took months of some, someone watering. But even before they watered, they had to make sure the ground was right first. And that's what God is saying. My word, it makes your heart right first because there are things in you, Robert, brother, it needs to get out quick and fast, but it would only come out as you put your, the word of God in. And that's what happened to me in standing in that mirror. I still do that today. Robert, you're a leader, man, going somewhere to bring about change because of the plan of God that's for your life. I get in the truck. Robert, you're going somewhere to be a leader, to bring about change according to the plan of God for your life. What am I doing? I'm praying out the will of God. I'm speaking out the will of God. What is that saying? He knows the plans that he has for you, 
to prosper you, to move you forward in every area of life? Move you forward? Are you saying you're moving forward? Or are you saying, man, things just not right? Thing, oh, man, here go again. I done missed it again. I done. Or are you saying God is a restorer? God is the lifter of my head. So all I want to do is just encourage you. Will you voice activate God's word for your life? How do you do it? You can get in his word. You can take a sermon note, apply it to your life. Get around good Christian friends. And one thing I've learned, the enemy always wants to take me from the very thing that God has for me. That's why he comes in and he brings lies. That's why he comes in and tries at all times to make sure that he's trying his best to get me to meditate on disappointment, to meditate on pain. Because if I meditate on pain, that pain is going to lead me. If I meditate on disappointment, that disappointment is going to lead me. If I meditate on hurt, that hurt is going to lead me. But he's saying, will you meditate on my word? Because you do know pain is a word, right? It's not just something you experience. Pain is not just something you experience. Pain is literally a word. And he's like, man, I want to move you forward from that. But you have to. Trust me. The goal of prayer is for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The goal of my prayer life, I'm just going to say what he already said. But I can only say what he says if I spend time with him. I can only say what he says as my relationship with him grow closer. And if I'm not spending time with him, my life is going to go in the direction of whoever or whatever I spend my time with. And God is saying, it doesn't matter what is going on in your life. It doesn't matter what has happened, what has occurred. He can change it. He just only needs one thing from you and from me. And if we can give his word time, that seed to get within our hearts, to take out the hurt, to take out the pain. And as that seed begins to grow, vision comes. As that seed begins to grow, his voice is heard. As that seed begins to grow, now we're living out the plan and the dream that we have always seen for our lives, but it's with the help of God. And God is saying, will you give me time to plant my seed in your heart? It's just like a medicine. It takes time for that medicine to get in so it can take out the bacteria, take out the disease. And God is like, just as there is a prescription to medicine, there's a prescription to my word. What is that prescription? Y'all ever heard of Joshua 1 and 8? Do not let this book of the law, God's word, 
depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written in it. Not some things when you feel like it. Be careful to do everything written in it. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Then. Then. You will be prosperous. And successful. But we got to meditate on it. We can't meditate on a hurdle of pain. We can't meditate on a disappointment. Will the enemy try to help us meditate? Oh, yeah, sure. He doesn't want us to be prosperous or successful. Meditate. That favorite song you have, you only know the words to it because you've been meditating on it. You've been hearing it over and over. That's all meditation is, is going over and over and over. You put the CD on repeat. You put the Apple Music on repeat. You put Spotify on repeat. You're meditating on it. You're meditating on it. You're meditating on it. And now you can sing it out. Now you know it so much when they first come on. Ooh, that's my song. And you turn it up. And now you move into the rhythm of that song because now the rhythm is in you because you meditated on that song and you've been singing that song. You like the beat to that song. And God said, you do know there's a rhythm in my words. And as you allow my words to get in you, that rhythm, when disappointment comes, you'll stay in that rhythm. When mistakes come, you'll stay in that rhythm. When failure comes, you'll stay in that rhythm. What is that rhythm? You're speaking my words. You're praying out my words because you already know what I said about that situation. So you don't allow that situation to move you because you're in the rhythm of what God is saying. You're not tossed to and fro. You're staying in a rhythm. And now you're in that rhythm. God is saying, I can produce the harvest that's for your life. But you got to get the seed in first. And all I need is time. God is saying, will you give me time? Because I want you to grow in your prayer life. I want you to grow in seeing what I say about you, about your family. I want you to grow in that. Let's bow our heads. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Father, thank you that we can come to you. And when we come to you, you don't don't turn a deaf ear. That when we come to you, that you're listening to us. In the midst of the tears, the disappointments, and even in celebrating of life, You are always listening to us. So, Father, thank you that we can come and we have your word. And as we get in your word and hear your promises, we can pray out those promises. Father, you said that you sent Jesus, your only son, for us to be a Lord and Savior over our lives as we fully surrender. Thank you for that.